Welcome to TNT Sports Talk. Today is Thursday, May 3rd. As always, we are presented by D's Home Cuts. I'm your host, Travis Karczewski, joined by my other host, Truman Karczewski. How's it going, guys? And we are welcomed in studio today by special guest Taylor Karczewski, our sister. Hello, everybody. Uh, first time in the studio. She's back from college, so she's going to help us break down some of these topics over the week, give us her opinion on them. Uh, we're going to start with the NBA, uh, the playoffs. Right now, we're going to go through each series. We'll start with Houston and Utah. Utah played a big game last night. They finally got a win uh, in a series that they weren't really supposed to get a win in. And uh, it's 1-1 right now. Houston uh, is going to Utah now. I still think Houston wins this. I don't think this changes anything. I predicted that Utah would steal a game or two. But uh, I still think Houston's too much, you know, too much talent to really you know, lose to Utah. Uh, I think Houston's going to win this in six games. I think Utah steals one more on the road, um, or one more in Utah, because Utah's got a great home court advantage, so there, there might be one game there. Uh, but Houston's just too good. James Harden right now is just playing right next to LeBron as the best player in the league. Um, I think he's going to be MVP. So, you know, I don't, I don't think his bad games are going to come very often, um, but Utah... He's going to take advantage of them if they do come. And so I just think Houston's going to win this in six games. But, um, you know, it's, it's a series to watch because, you know, there's star power everywhere. Utah's going to be dangerous a couple years down the line when Mitchell gets a couple more, you know, years under him. But just not yet. Uh, then we got Golden State and New Orleans. 2-0 Golden State. Uh, we talked about this last show. Not, I, don't, I think this is going to be a sweep. Steph Curry, he's coming back. He played well off the bench. Once he gets back into the, into the swing of things, it's going to be a sweep 4-0. Um, I think Pelicans could steal one on the road uh, or in New Orleans, but I, I do think it's either going to be four or five. Um, I don't know. Steph Curry's too good, and he's just going to get better as he gets back into the, like you said, the swing of things. Um, Kevin Durant's just too good. Klay Thompson, you can go through just the whole the whole roster for the Warriors. Just too good. Just too talented. I think right now we're looking at the, the Warriors just going um, back to back to back to back finals, something like that. Um, they're just too four, hot. Four straight. Four straight. Um, so it'll be interesting, but yeah, I think this this series will be four or five games. So, like I said, Warriors we think are may go back to the finals. Uh, the team that they've been playing the last couple of years, Cleveland, they're been there in a series with Toronto right now. Uh, Cleveland was able to take the game, you know, take game one, and we discussed it on the last show. Uh, like I said, Cleveland is not a good team. But they're just playing Toronto at the right time. Toronto always chokes in the playoffs. And I just, we talked about it last show. You know, I think Cleveland's going to win this series because Toronto's just not good in the playoffs. DeRozan does not step up in big moments or Lowry. So I think Cleveland's going to take this game. But I think it'll be six six games, I think. Uh, I don't know. Five, five or six, um, Cleveland will take it. Um, they've just, they just have Toronto's number. And it seems like everybody kind of does in the playoffs. Um, so it's just. I you know I don't want Cleveland to win, um, but they're just LeBron is just too good, and Toronto doesn't have a solution for him. So Toronto, that, yeah, they were up by double digits in the fourth quarter, and they just couldn't close it out, and that's yeah. that's unacceptable. Like especially you got LeBron who's exhausted. I mean, he's probably playing. He probably played his worst playoff game the other day, and they still uh, lost. And you know Toronto just needs to do something, either blow it up or take the next step. You know, it's just annoying every I year. I think they need another star. Every year they get in the playoffs, and DeRozan and Lowry, who are the stars, shrink and just you know don't beat, don't become anything. So 
Next series, probably the best series left right now in Philadelphia versus Boston. Uh, Boston took game one. We discussed this on the last show. Uh, Cavs and uh, Boston, they both play tonight, both games. So that's going to be exciting to watch. Uh, like I said, Cleveland versus Toronto was a really good game one matchup. Uh, Philly versus Boston is not going to let us down either. Uh, I think Philly, and this this could go to game seven, I think. Um, Boston, Brad Stevens, best coach in the NBA, I think. And it, it, it's it's very hard to lose when you have Brad Stevens on your side. Yeah, I think Boston, I, you know, I, of course, I want to see them kind of win now so people don't just say that that was the Bucks losing the series. Boston's got talent, and they've got an amazing um, coach. So I think that will be a seven-game series, um, six-game possibly. Uh, Philly's got the talent. Boston's got the coaching. So it's just going to be two two halves clashing, and it's going to be re- it's the best series. Left. We're going to see a lot of these Phillies versus Boston matchup um, in the next couple of years because Philly's just going to keep getting more talented, and Boston's getting Irving and Hayward back next year. Sticking with the NBA, we said Cavs Toronto's a couple a big story that came out of the Cavs Toronto game was Drake the rapper. He, was, he got into a fight with Kendrick Perkins. Uh, it didn't get physical because everyone was holding him back. You know, Drake's been voicing his opinion most of this playoffs You know, with uh, the Wizards. He was talking crap to Bradley Beal. And I guess you know it's cool for Toronto. You know, Drake's their guy. He's been on the sidelines every single game. Uh, fan base really supports him. But he shouldn't be getting involved with players like this. And Kendrick Perkins, it's, it's very unprofessional for him to you know, get into a fight with a fan, basically. Yeah, I mean, Kendrick Perkins would kill him. Um, yeah, I mean, I Drake's, mean, Drake's really, not a I, hard guy. I would, I, I mean, I would like to see him fighting. Um, that'd be pretty cool. I think it's, I, I don't know, I think it's cool. Um, you know, you got a famous, one of the more famous people in the, in the world, and Drake, and then you got kind of a low-tier basketball player who's kind of just used for his dirtiness. So, um, it was cool to see, I thought, and, um, I wouldn't mind seeing him fight. Well, yeah, it's just Drake's trying to be Spike Lee. You know, he's not Spike Lee. He's not going to get back that Spike Lee, Reggie Miller, you know, from the 90s. And I just think Drake should just, you know, shut up, watch the game, cheer for his team, and just not deal with Kendrick Perkins. And Kendrick Perkins shouldn't be fighting with Drake because Perkins didn't even suit up. He was in a, you know... I agree with you. I think it's kind of like Drake taking on, like, a fan. Like Yeah, it's, it's or, Perkins, yeah, yeah. Perkins taking on a fan. Uh, moving to the NHL, we're just going to go through the series real quick. Winnipeg versus Nashville. Winnipeg's up 2-1. Vegas and the Sharks, it's 2-2 right now, knotted up. Tampa Bay versus Boston, Tampa's up 2-1. And then Capitals versus Penn, the Caps are up 2-1. So we're going to move to baseball right now. Uh, but before that, I wanted to remind you that our show is brought to you by A's Lawn Service. Since 2014, A's has been providing professional landscaping to many homes around Northeast Ohio. By using professional equipment, A's constantly strives to provide families with professional landscaping at a low and fair price. It's getting hot out. You know, people are going to start mulching, mowing. You know, you really don't want to spend all of your summer working on your lawn. Turn to A's and you will not be disappointed. Are you tired of being dragged around by bigger landscaping companies? Taylor? Yes. Turn to A's and trust me, your lawn and your home will never look better. Trust A's for all your landscaping needs and you will not be disappointed. The phone number is 330-241-2392. Again, 330-241-2392. And the email is lawnservice.a's at gmail.com. A's Lawn Service, LLC. You grow it, we cut it. 
So we're going to go to the diamond right now in baseball. Trevor Bauer, who we've talked about a lot in the show, is one of my favorite players, probably my favorite player right now in the MLB. He got into a little bit of a Twitter fight the other day with the Astros pitching staff, uh, Lance McCullough Jr. Uh, more, they got into a fight over Twitter. If you know Trevor Bauer, he's very vocal about his opinions. He is uh, big into physics, science. You know, he's into the science of pitching. You know, he's not just a regular guy. He really looks at different things, different stats. And a, a fan asked him a question, you know, how are the Astros getting such a high spin rate on their pitches? Because you see guys like Garrett Cole and Verlander who really weren't, who were good, really good pitchers, but then they come to the Astros and their spin rate just goes up really high. That makes no sense how a guy, you know, goes, increases his spin rate that high just from moving to another team. So Bauer kind of, uh, said, you know, it's their use of pine tar. Uh, pine tar, if you don't know, is kind of, everybody uses it. Uh, it's illegal, but you're not really supposed to use it. If you get caught, you're going to get suspended. I know, who's that guy with the Brewers a couple years ago? Will Smith. Will Smith got caught. He had it on his neck. Uh, Bauer pretty much called out the Astros saying, you know, we know you guys use these, these sticky substances on the ball because that's how you get your spin rate up. Uh, they tried to fight back, but you know, I think Bauer is completely right. I don't really think there's a problem with it. I think everybody does it, and it's just, you know, it's just interesting to see the Astros, you know, kind of accepting this. They don't really try to deny it that much. I mean, is he trying to cause drama? I don't um, know. I mean, it's, he just kind of brought light to something the that Astros wasn't. Are, Astros are an amazing pitching staff. They're really good. They're the best team in the league, in my opinion. I said on Tuesday still. Um, they're the World Series champions. Um, they might eat, they use pine tar. Every team uses pine tar. Um, just, I mean, they're. But they use it so much, like. Let them be. Let them be. They're that good. You don't need to call them out. But they're that good because of the pine tar, or that good because of the pitching. You think they're that good because of? The, you saw the, the you saw the Verlander and Cole are really good pitchers, but their spin rate goes up through the roof. I saw the numbers as soon as they got to Houston. I don't think that a pine tar, a substance, a stupid substance that everybody uses, that the MLB doesn't really enforce. I mean, if they see it on you, they'll, they'll suspend you, but they don't really enforce the rule of not using it. I think that Trevor Bowers and, you know, a lot of Astros haters uh, would say, like... Well, how do you explain that, then? How do you explain their spin rate going the, up? Yes, they use... Because they're good pitchers. <laughs> so you're saying oh, their spin rate going up is all due to they're them. They're good pitchers. But what is the, what do the Astros do that other teams aren't doing that increases their spin rate? Their spin rate should not increase this much what, just based understand. on pure coaching. What do you, I mean, the, Justin Verlander was a good pitcher. Garrett Cole was a good pitcher. Yeah, but there's... They, then they went... Which a lot of a lot of players do, they change locations and they become really good pitchers again. But that's not what we're saying. We're not saying that they're good. Are they? So the Astros, are, the Astros won the World Series because they no, use no. But we're not saying they're good pitchers just because of the coaching. The spin rate. We're talking about the spin rate, not pitching. How good they are pitching. The okay. spin rate, which makes it more difficult to hit the ball, is going way up as soon as you get to the Astros. Okay. And well, why did why didn't more teams do why doesn't more teams do that? I'm just saying though it's kind of if interesting to see. If the MLB doesn't see. enforce it, well, the MLB does enforce it. They just don't. Why really... doesn't anything happen? It's like weed in the NFL. Everybody okay. does it, but if they catch you, you're going to get punished. Okay, then what are the Astros doing wrong? They're not getting caught for it. 
Well, okay, well, what did Ryan Braun do wrong? He wasn't getting caught well, for he, it. Okay, then you call out my favorite player. Well, it's just the same thing. I mean, it's it's, it's wrong. No. They shouldn't be doing it. No, because the they, Astros are that good, so people are going to pick and pick and pick and pick and well, pick. Well, there's no... Like, there's like no calling the Patriots out every single there's year There's no for explanation for it other than no, Pines They pick and pick and they pick and Give they pick. Give me another explanation for the spin rate. They're good pitchers. The spin rate should increase, though, just because they moved to one place. They're good pitchers. Spin rate is not based on... So how... did the Astros win the World Series because of their spin rate? Well, it, it helped. Yes. It helped. Then why don't more teams do it? They're not getting in four... They're... The MLB hasn't seen anything to say that the Astros well, are cheating. It, okay, so you're just saying, okay, well, let's just let everybody do it, and we'll just... Has the MLB said anything, okay, the Astros are cheating? No, but I think Trevor no. brought up an important issue no, in the MLB. he's one of the people who are just going to pick and pick and pick until they find something they hate about the It's Astros. important. It's an no. important thing. Oh, well, yeah. I guess we'll just let the Patriots do it. Oh, because we don't want to pick on them. We don't want to let... We'll just let the Patriots... No, because it's you, you think it's your favorite... You just called my favorite player out because you know you're wrong. It's not wrong. It's you, true. You literally said something about Ryan Braun, which has literally no No, impact. you said... You said... He's 500 you miles said, north... Batting in Milwaukee. You said, well, if they're not getting caught, why is it important? What? You said, if they're not getting caught, why do we care? If the MLB sees nothing wrong with it, then why do we care? I'm not saying the MLB does see so something. So a pitcher from Cleveland who is known for calling people out and calling teams out on Twitter because he's no. a little Twitter hater, then why would the MLB see something wrong with it? The MLB, what Trevor Bauer did was he brought light to something that is interesting. You have to admit it is interesting. Yeah, it's interesting, but it's not a big deal. It is a big deal if no. they're getting an unfair advantage by using this pine tart. Does the MLB say anything wrong with it? The MLB, yes, they, they ban pine tart. Dude, okay, so why wouldn't they see something wrong with their spin rate? What do you mean? Why wouldn't the MLB? Look they at the didn't. Spin rate? That's why it was important for Trevor Bauer to bring it up. Okay, then let's see what the MLB does about it. Okay, we will. And I just think it's important. I think you can't just say because they're not I'm getting. I'm sure Cleveland uses pine tar too. I'm sure every team does, yes. but our spin rate is not as high as the Astros. They aren't as good pitchers. It doesn't matter about good pitching. No, because that's what Verlander, we're Verlander, and Cole were good pitchers before they went to Houston. Their spin rate was not as high though, but as soon as they got to Houston, it got really high and it increased. That okay. makes no sense other than pine tar. Okay, then why does the MLB see anything wrong with that? The, ML, the MLB has banned pine tar. They do see something wrong with it. Then why don't they look at Houston's spin rate like this little pitcher from Cleveland did? Okay, well, don't and call him a little they, pitcher. Yes. He's, uh, he's one well, of the best pitchers in the game today. It. Why didn't they investigate They're it? going. I, I'm just saying okay, this is something they that they need to keep no looking No one cares at. about Trevor Bauer's opinion because he's just a Cleveland Indians pitcher. He's not a part of the MLB, the, the people that but it's imp- on. Well, obviously we, people care about because it's being talked about all over the news. Is it? Yes. It's why is the MLB doing anything about it? They're going to. I guarantee you they will. Moving on to Bryce Harper. Uh, Bryce Harper on Monday was walked again, walked twice. That's 38 times he's been walked this year. He's on pace right now to come close to Barry Bonds' walk record in 2004 with 232 walks in a season. Um, Bonds was at 39 through April. Harper is at 38. Harper, if you know, he was walked six times in one game. Uh, They put him at the leadoff hitter. He's getting annoyed, but I mean, what can you expect? He's Bryce Harper. He he's he's batting 242 right now, but I mean, like I said, he is Bryce Harper. Um, uh, that's a record. Barry Bonds is 232 is something people thought would never be broken, but it's interesting to see that is Harper on the same level as Barry Bonds right now. Um, I mean, I don't think the record will be broken because I think you you said Harper's getting kind of aggravated, and I think he's the type of guy that's just gonna eventually just start swinging at shit. Um, and I don't think, he, I think he's going to, he's going to be very close to it, but I don't think he's going to break it. Um, I, I could see him breaking it. I could see like that. Like I see the manager sitting him down saying, 
listen, you. I know you're getting mad that you're getting walked, but you're getting on base. Yeah, I mean, I could, I, but I don't see him being that type of guy. I think he, eventually he's just going to become more aggressive. Um, so I, I could see him breaking it. I think he'll be close to it, but I just, I think he'll fall short. It's cool to see, you know, Barry Bonds' record of 232 is something. You know, we were with Brian last night. He's he never thought in a million years that that would be broken, and now it's getting close to, you know, he's on pace for it. Um, we're gonna move to football. But before that, we wanted to remind you that our show is also brought to you by Dee's Home Cuts. Dee's is the best place around Northeast Ohio for a great haircut at a low price. For only $7, Dee's provides you with a modern haircut and styling with his homemade Dee's Wax. Five natural ingredients. It's great stuff. Truman and I have been getting our haircut over there for the last couple months, and we never looked or felt better. Every time you get into the shop, you're going to get a professional cut. They get they get better every single time because Dee's is always upgrading his equipment so he can give you the best haircut possible. For only, you can find Dee's Home Cuts on Twitter or Instagram at Dom's Home Cuts. DM him for an appointment, and you will not be disappointed. Dee's Home Cuts, professional haircuts at a low price. So, we're still dealing with the draft. Uh, teams are kind of sorting themselves out after the draft. Uh, after the draft, usually, though, you get a couple of things that come out, you know, trades that were in place that didn't happen for some reason or another. And one of the biggest trades like that was the Patriots. I guess they tried to trade up with the Giants for Baker Mayfield. They wanted that number two pick. Uh, it's interesting. You know, Belichick's not the type of guy that make a big splash like this. But if he really likes a player, he's going to get that player. He's going to do everything he can to get that player. And if I'm Browns fans, I'm really happy right now because Belichick's one of the best coaches, if not the best coach of all time. If he wanted Baker Mayfield that bad uh, to move up to number two, give away pretty much his whole draft, I'm really excited if I'm the Browns. Yeah, I mean, it's cool to see, and it's a nice, like, article to read, I guess. But it didn't happen, so we can't really look at what happened. Um, I don't know. The Patriots liked him. Uh, They didn't get him eventually. But, that would have thrown the entire draft off. Yeah, it would have. I mean, it would have been kind of a loop. But no, I don't really know what to say because then I mean, but it would, does show that the Patriots might in the future be looking for a different type of quarterback than Tom Brady, because um, Baker Mayfield's pretty much the polar opposite of Tom Brady. Um, so it shows that they're not just gonna go for the the big um, smart guy. You know, they could be going for the athletic guy in the years to come when they do have to look for a Brady's replacement. Uh, another trade that happened, well, it didn't happen, was in place, was the Broncos and Cardinals. Uh, the Broncos wanted to move back, and the Cardinals really wanted that number five spot. They really wanted Josh Allen, I guess, or, uh, you know, whoever was available, if it was Darnold, but he wasn't. Um, but when the Broncos saw that uh, the Browns took Denzel Ward, they knew they couldn't pass up on a guy like Chubb, so they decided to take Chubb, and uh, Cardinals... Ended up with Josh Rosen. Uh, it's interesting to see, you know, that Josh Rosen really wasn't their first choice, but I think they'll be happy with him down the line more than they would if they would pick Josh Allen. Yeah, I, I think that's another one you can't really look into because I think they eventually would have got up there and taken their guy, um, but they eventually got a good quarterback in Josh Rosen, so we'll see how that plays out. Speaking with uh, quarterbacks, Big Ben, uh, they took Mason Rudolph, his team, the Steelers, and the draft on Saturday or Thursday, one of the two. Or when was it? Friday. Friday, yeah. Second round or, yeah. Uh, third round. Big Ben said they asked him about it. He said he actually wants to play three to five more years, which I don't think is possible at all. I think he's got two years, maybe, if that, left in him. Every year he gets injured. He gets, he just looks so tired and bruised and battered after every single game. 
he's not going to play three to five more years. He contemplates retirement every single year, and there's no way he plays three to five more years. Well, I mean, Mason Rudolph's not waiting three to five more years, three to five years to start. Um, I think Rudolph's about two years away, um, and I think two, maybe three years, I could see him playing. Um, but I think that two to three year window he's got left, and Rudolph's going to take over after. So I don't, I don't see five years. I don't see four years. I, I could see it being two to three years. Uh, Big Ben's got left in him. I don't, I don't even see. I barely see two years left in him. Well, we'll see. I, he's just every single game. He's he's beat up. He's constantly. a tough guy though. Yeah, but I mean, he contemplates retirement every single well, year. Well, I mean, yeah, and so does Brady. We see that, but Brady hasn't retired yet. Uh, it doesn't matter. I mean, the news. The news is the news. You never know what to play. I mean, it literally came out of his mouth. So we'll we'll see if that ends up being you know kind of a lie or anything. But I think two to three more years. Uh, then the last story out of football was Jason Witten. He's officially retired. Uh, 15 years in the NFL. He's gonna move to the the booth. He's gonna do the Monday Night Football. Uh, one of the best tight ends of all time. Top five easily. Uh, great career. He's gonna be a good broadcaster. And uh, it's exciting because I really like Jason Witten and be able to see him now on Monday Night Football. It's going to be fun. Oh, yeah. Travis really liked him when he was younger. Um, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, uh, you know, he's a good guy, really good tight end. It was Tony Romo and him for years. That was kind of the connection. Travis really liked that. Um, and, I did. But the uh, Monday Night Football booth, um, it'll be, it's good to see him go in there. I wanted to see a player that we knew go back up into the booth. I would have loved Brett Favre, but apparently he was just – Really bad. Yeah, but Brett Favre is Brett Favre. I mean, Brett Favre just needs to stay on his little farm and Mississippi. <laughs> so, yeah, like yes. I really want to see like the audition tape because they said he was really bad. People inside said he was just not good at all. I don't know, but I want a player who we know, which we know, Witten. You know, it's t- Gruden was kind of the staple there, and not see him not there this year. It's gonna be kind of weird. But now you have someone that you know and a player that everyone kind of likes, so that'll be good. Yeah, great career. Hall of Famer first ballot, I think. Easily top five tight end of all time. Uh, so the draft is over, uh, like we said. So we wanted to give our top ten power rankings after the draft. We'll go ten through one. We'll start it off at ten. You can kick it off at ten. Um, for me, ten is the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, I have Chargers, too. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I really like them. Um, Phillip Rivers is one of my favorite quarterbacks in the league. Um, you know, Derwin James drafting him, you know, that was a steal at, I think, 17. Um, so that's huge for them. She's going to add to an already really good secondary. Um, so 10, I think the Chargers will be much improved. I think this year they get to the playoffs. Yeah, I have the Chargers at 10, too. They finally got that center fielder, you know, that guy that can just hold down the back end with Derwin James. Uh, they have Casey Hayward and Jason Verrett, two very good corners. They never really, they had Trey Boston last year, but they really need a lockdown safety. And I think they're going to find that with Derwin James. Number nine, I had the Falcons. Wow, I had the Falcons too. Okay, well, we're going right down the line here. Uh, Falcons had a good draft. Uh, they took Calvin Ridley. It's going to be a good uh, player alongside Julio Jones if he pans out. That's going to be a very scary receiving core, especially with Mohamed Sanu. Uh, Falcons, number nine, easy. Uh, for me, I had the Falcons there too. Uh, they're a good team. Um, one thing to watch the Falcons is they're not good outdoors late in the season. Um, they're not a good cold-weather team. Um, and Matt Ryan's not a good Colver quarterback, and I think that's always kills the Falcons. Um, um, so that's something to watch with them, just kind of like a little thing to watch. Uh, so I have nine with the Falcons. Number eight, I have the Steelers. A uh, little low. Okay, yeah, it's a little low, I think, for the Steelers, but 
that defense kind of scares me a little bit. I don't trust in Edmonds, their first round pick, as much as you know we had Dom on. He trusts in him a lot. I do not think Edmonds is going to be a game changing type of player. They lost Shazier. That's a huge loss. I don't. They didn't really do enough, I think, to replace that. Bostic is a fine player, but he's not a Shazier type of player. That's why I have them kind of falling. Yeah, the Steelers are too. Amazing offense, um, but they've always had a shaky defense, and I don't think they did anything to really, um, you know, sure up that defense. You know, adding Morgan Burnett's awesome. You know, he's a great player, but he's injury prone. You never know what he's going to be like in the later la- la- latter half of the season. Um, so I don't, I didn't really see many changes the Steelers made um, defensively. So I'm gonna keep them at eight for now. Seven, I put the Vikings. A uh, little biased, I'll admit, but. I don't. I like their their draft was okay. It wasn't great. I liked Mike Hughes. He's kind of a smaller corner though. Uh, I just don't trust Kirk Cousins to do anything. I don't really think. I think he's a good quarterback. I think he's a fine quarterback, but he's not elite quarterback. I don't think he's much of an upgrade over what Case Keenum did last year. Seven. I had the I had the Vikings too. Um, it's kind of weird. We have the same exact thing going on. Um, yeah, like Travis said, it's biased. Um, really biased, actually, probably, but I don't really, I just, you, there's nothing that Kirk Cousins has done that you can show that he's an, an elite quarterback. Um, you know, he's, I repeat his record all the time against winning teams. He's under 500. His overall career record's like 26 and 30. Um, yeah, he's got more talent with Minnesota, and he's finally got a defense, but I just haven't seen anything yet to say that he's, you know, that much of a game-changer quarterback for them. Six, I have the Packers. Uh, they, I think they should be in the top five with Aaron Rodgers, but I'm going to leave them out right now. Uh, they had a great draft. I think one of the best drafts, if not the best draft. Uh, if just two of those guys out of the draft, if just one of those corners pans out, it's going to be a huge help for them. Uh, Josh Jackson and Jair Alexander are two top players that could really help this defense out. And with Aaron Rodgers, I think Aaron Rodgers single-handedly moves you into the top five. But I'll leave him out right now just so I don't, you know, be too biased. But Packers, number six, I think it's a good spot for him. Uh, for me, I have the Saints at six. Um, I think they're a really good team. Drew Brees, one of my favorite quarterbacks. Um, they finally, you know, kind of sure about defense. They have a pretty good defense now. Um, you know, this might be a little low for them. It might be in part to me moving the Packers up. It is a little biased. But, you know... They're a really good team, and they're a team that's going to be there at the end. Um, but, you know, they're just getting older. They're, the receiving core kind of scares me a little bit. I know Michael Thomas is good, but you know, outside of that, they don't really have much. Um, their tight end thing scares me. Um, you know, Al Kamara, Mark Ingram, they had a really good season. Are they going to be able to do that again? That's going to be tough. Um, and then, you know, it's all about, you know, those rookies that they had last year. Are they going to be able to avoid a sophomore slump? We'll see. Um, so there's a lot of question marks, I think, with the Saints, but I think they're a really good team, and um, they're at six for me. Five, I have the Patriots. A little low for the defending Super Bowl losers. Uh, but I just think this offseason is way different from the past offseasons. you got players like Gronk and Brady. Both are contemplating retirement, which is something I don't really want to see. Gronk's injury-prone every single year. Uh, Edelman, you don't know what he's going to do coming back off injuries. You don't know if he's going to be the same player. They lost Cooks. They didn't really replace the wide receiving core as well as they should have. They lost their best offensive lineman in Nate Solder. They got Isaiah Wynn. Dante Skarnick, he's a very good offensive line coach, but he's not, I don't know if that's the answer there. And Brett brought up Trent Brown, which, I mean, Trent Brown, I mean, I guess he's okay, but he's not a Nate Solder type of player. And their defense scares me. I 
They didn't really address their defense as much as they should have in the draft. Uh, you know, they went two offensive guys in the first round. I don't really think they should have taken a running back in the first round. They, you, Belichick has done a lot with his running backs when, he, when there really wasn't a lot of talent there. And uh, I don't know. I just don't think the I think the Patriots are going to slowly start to decline, which is crazy to say when you know they've been in the Super Bowl the last couple of years. But I think they're going to start to decline, and this offseason really showed me that. Um, number five for me, I have the Green Bay Packers. Um, again, this could be a little biased, um, but you know I just think adding Aaron Rodgers, the best quarterback of all time, back obviously that helps. Um, their draft was amazing. Um, you can almost see kind of an impact like the Saints had last year with their amazing draft. Um, I would hope. Um, and, you know, and then you just got to pray for health. Um, that's been a big thing with the Packers the past few years. They just have not been healthy at all. Um, so I, I think if they stay healthy, that rookie class kind of comes, comes together. Um, it can be really scary. Um, and, you know, and healthy Aaron Rodgers just helps everybody out. Number four, I had the Saints. I really like the Saints. I really like what they did um, last year in their draft. They had the best rookie class out of anybody. Uh, their draft this year was kind of okay. Davenport pans out. You got Davenport and Cam Jordan rushing the passer, which is scary. I think Lattimore is a top defensive player in this league. I think he's just his ceiling is just going to continue to go up. He's just going to get better every single year. Michael Thomas, I think, is a top five receiver in the NFL. Very underrated. Uh, Drew Brees, Drew Brees. Offensive line is very solid, and I think Kamara and Ingram is the best two, one-two running back combo in the league. Um, for me, where are we at? I'm at four. Yeah. I'm at four. Um, I am taking the Jaguars. Um, I like the Jaguars a lot. If Blake Borles can step up, they're going to be top two, I believe, on this list um, when the season comes to an end. Their defense is just awesome. Their secondary is young and really good. Uh, you know, their pass rush, their, their defense all around, you can talk about for days. They're just that good. Um, you know, the wide receiver core scares me. Blake Bortles kind of scares me, but then Leonard Fournette kind of comes around. You know, he's a good running back. they got a good offensive line. So if it all kind of comes together and the question marks, you know, falter off, the Jacksonville Jaguars can be a Super Bowl contender this year and really good. For three, I had the Jaguars. I, I don't... Wait, I think you're at four. No, you're I had the Saints. Okay, yeah. okay. Right. At three, I had the Jaguars. Blake Bortles doesn't scare me as much as he does with Truman. I think he's a solid quarterback in this league. The receivers is the only thing that is really holding them down right now. They got Moncrief, who I really like, but they just need more talent on the outside that defense is really solid though they added ronnie harrison and tavern bryant two first round defenders i know brett was kind of uh making fun of him you know he wondered why they took Bryant. he said that was one of the worst picks i really actually kind of like the pick i you know you can't have too much talent on a team and uh you know adding a guy like tavern bryant taven, taven bryant whatever he can replace clay's campbell's getting up there in age they lost paul Puzlowski. Um, last uh, this year, he was their staple on their defense for the last couple of years. But I think Telvin Smith and Miles Jack makes up makes up for that. I really like Blake Bortles and Leonard Fournette, you know, and they shored up their offensive line by signing Andrew Norwell. Jaguars number three. Uh, for me, number three is the um, New England Patriots. Uh, I like Patriots a lot. Um, they're kind, of, they you know, I, I mean, I don't really know what to say about the Patriots. I think they're. Um, they're a great team, but I do agree with Travis that they're kind of gonna falter off here. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the, and I said, and when I said I really like Patriots, I I hate the Patriots, but I really like them yeah. for this season because they're the Patriots. Um, but like it's just I think they're ready to falter off, but I just can't move them down yet because you haven't seen it yet, and maybe people have been saying they've been faltering off for the past three years and they haven't. Um, so I'm gonna put the Patriots at three for now. Um, I think they've 
you know, done some really good things, but they've also done some questionable things, so it's going to be interesting to see. Two, I had the Rams. Uh, Rams added just so much talent over the year, over the offseason. The only thing that keeps them from number one is I don't know if Jared Goff could do the same thing he did last year. I think he will, but it's, there's always that question, would he be as good as he was last year? And can Sean McVay kind of curtail those big personalities on that defense especially? Uh, that's going to be a challenge for the second-year head coach. Uh, he was a really good coach last year, but they got a lot of talent, and if he can just make it mesh perfectly, Eagle. I mean, the Rams could overtake the Eagles for the number one spot. Yeah, I listen, I hate what the Rams did this offseason because I think they screwed their future. But when you're talking about for one season, I'm going to put the Rams at two because for this season, they have a lot of talent. They're not going to be able to hold together for many years to come, but this is the season where they're going to put all their marbles in, um, and we'll see what they do. Uh, this could be a huge flop for them, but this season, they're the second-best team right now in the league. Then Eagles, number one, Super Bowl winners, really talented roster. Um, I don't I, unless Carson Wentz doesn't you know perform like he did last year due to the ACL injury. Uh, they really didn't lose much. They lost Legarrette Blunt. Uh, their defense is is really good. The corners kind of scare me, but they're really good. Um, they're getting Sydney uh, Sydney the corner from Washington. They're gonna get him full year. He was a rookie last year. Uh, he didn't play at all though. Michael Bennett, I don't know what they're going to do there, but if he, you know, is half the player that he has been in the past, that was a great addition. So Eagles, number one, easy. Yeah, undisputed Eagles. I don't really know what else to say because they're Super Bowl champions. Question and answers. Uh, we're going to move to that now. Keep sending in those questions every single day, actually. Uh, question we got was, who are some of the top five MLB stadiums? Our personal favorite, top five. I left the Indians off. I'm not gonna do it. Uh, I think. Oh, I don't think Progressive Field. I don't think Progressive Field's a top five stadium if we're going based on pure looks. I love it. Uh, you go to 1995. I think it's the best one, but not anymore. Uh, nothing's wrong with Progressive Field. I think it's a top stadium, but it's just you know with the past couple of years, new stadiums. It's not in the upper tier. All right. Well, then we'll I made my list really biased. Um, Travis left oh, the biases man. out. If but, you put Miller Park like one, you said our my personal favorite ballpark. It just says top five, top five MLB stadium. Okay, well where would I rather be? Like if you said like gave me an options of where I could. All right, go. take the Brewers off. Okay, I'll, I'll take the Brewers off, but the Brewer, Miller Park is the number one ballpark. Basically. Okay, well Indians, Progressive Field. Okay, well you Progressive just, Field's you rated just the shit about Progressive it, so. Field was I never talked shit about it once. Progressive Field's rated the number one family friendly ballpark in all of baseball. Who so. cares about that? Um, families. Ninety-five percent of your audience that, that, cares about that. That doesn't make it a good ballpark. It just yes, it does. Yeah, yes, it, it does. Family friendly. Um, which is really important. Uh, number five. We'll, I'll kick it off. Is the Globe Life Stadium? That's the Texas Rangers Stadium. It's really big. I really like it. I know you won't find that on much on many lists. I like what they do in the back though with the. Uh, you know, uh, what do you, I don't even know what you call it. The levels, the white level thing. Then they have the Texas sign in the grass out in the outfield. Uh, Globe Life is a really nice stadium. Uh, for me, I'm just going to, I have to because it's, it's Wrigley. But I hate the Cubs. I hate Wrigley. I'll just throw them on here because it's, it's, you know, so historic. But, you know, Wrigley Field, um, it's one of the dream stadiums, I think, for everyone to kind of go to, um, along with Fenway. Um, well, maybe ugly, and the team may be, shitty and the fans are horrible 
the, the stadium's a must-see, um, you know, and it's you got to be there once in your life, and I hope I will get to see that one point. Number four, I have Petco Park, which is the Padres Stadium. I really, really like it. Uh, it's kind of a really nice stadium for a really mediocre team for the last couple of years. You know, they got that Western Metal Supply uh, thing in the left field where Bartolo hit his home run. I really like that. I like when they incorporate, you know, like buildings into stadiums. That's why you'll see in uh, number two, my number two on this list. But uh, Petco Park, Padres, really nice stadium. Um, for me, I'm going to put uh, Dodger Stadium at four. Um, I really like Dodger Stadium. Never been there. Probably will never go there because I don't know if I'll ever be on the West Coast. Uh, but it's it's a dream stadium to kind of go see. Uh, they Just all around, you know, just for years it's historic. Uh, the Dodgers, you know, in the past few years, they've kind of been in the limelight. So I've watched them in the playoffs and stuff like that. Just seems like a really cool ballpark. You know, the Do- I think L.A. is a Dodger town right now. And so those fans really get it going. Um, so Dodger, uh, the Dodger Stadium is at uh, four. Number three, I had Fenway. Like Truman said, historical Fenway. That's easy. It's got to be on your top five. Yeah. Um, for me, three and three for me was AT&T Park, uh, San Francisco Giants. Um, the, the what? What's the water, body of water? Is it an ocean? Yeah, I think that is the Pacific Ocean. Pacific? I don't know. Um, <laughs> but that behind it's really cool. Um, and seeing you know players hit home runs into the ocean, um, or the body of water that's behind there. <laughs> Um, it's really cool. Um, it just seems like one of those a dream park to go to. Uh, it's got everything. Um, so I would put the Giants up there um, at, at number three. Number two, I had Camden Yards, uh, the Orioles Stadium. Like I said, I really like how when teams incorporate buildings into theirs, and they got the warehouse behind there. It's a really, it's a kind of a brand new stadium, uh, but it's really nice, really well built. Uh, Camden Yards, number two. For me, it's um, PNC Park, uh, Pittsburgh Pirates for two. Um, we've been there a few times, watch the Brewers play. Um, it's a real, well, I hate the Pirates. Um, I don't really like the fans there. It's an amazing stadium. Um, they really did a great job there. Um, the rest of Pittsburgh's kind of run down. Um, and then you just look at PNC Park and it's a really awesome stadium. Um, so I, it's the one credit I'll give, uh, the Pirates. Uh, they've got a really cool stadium and I love going there, um, yearly. Yeah, number one, I have PNC Park. Um, I think it's just a really great stadium. They got the skyline behind it is amazing, and you got the bridges coming up to it. PNC Park, easy. Uh, for me, number one, mine was Fenway. Um, the Green Monster is awesome. Uh, it's something I really dream and hope I get to see one day in person. Um, I think it's the most classic ballpark in um, in baseball, and one of the most classic stadiums in sports. Um, so I think that's just one I have to go see, and it's an awesome place to be. Another question we got was, what rookie quarterbacks do we think are going to start this year? For me, it's kind of a little bit of a different answer. If it was up to me, I would say none of them should start. Um, I think no rookie quarterback should just be thrown out there. In a couple situations, maybe yes, like Andrew Luck, where the Colts just really needed him. But you need, I think, a grace period before you throw a rookie quarterback out there. Uh, I think really the only guy that's going to get a true shot at it is going to be... uh, Darnold, uh, because they got Bridgewater and McCown, who are both aren't going to give up, just give their position up to a rookie. But I think there needs to be a grace period. Uh, the Chiefs did a really great job at that with Mahomes. That's why I think he's going to be a really good quarterback. Uh, yeah, you need a grace period, so that's why I think none of them should start. But I think if there's one guy that's going to start, and that's Darnold, uh, he's going to get a good shot at it. Um, I would agree and say Darnold, but. I could see Rosen um, because I I don't see the health there with uh, Bradford and 
Glennon's not very good. So I could see Rosen um, being that guy. Um, but I would say Darnold has the best shot, shot because I think he's in a pure quarterback competition. I think Baker's going to be sat. I think Allen's going to be sat. Um, I think I Baker think, should be sat, but I think the Browns could no, screw up I somehow. honestly think they could, but I think when they added Stanton, that kind of showed everybody that they they are going to have their rookie sit once and for all. Um, so I think Darnold's got the best shot to start. I don't think he will, and I think Rosen will end up starting though later on in the season. Kind of a hypothetical for our last question is, if you were a team, would you rather have LeBron for three years or Brad Stevens for six years? LeBron for three years. Um, LeBron. Oh, I don't know about that. LeBron owns the East. He literally has. Well, won the this East. isn't just an East team, though. Well, I guess if you want to make it East, but. Well, he owned. He's won the East every year since 2011, I think. He's He's that good. He makes, you know, a bad team great. Um, what he's doing with the Cavs right now is spectacular. I don't like the guy. Brad Stevens is a great coach. You know, he makes the Celtics much better. But like, would I rather have a the most talented player? possibly of all time or just a great coach i'm gonna take the most talented player of all for time. me i'm taking the coach i think six years lebron when he leaves the Cavs, they're going to suck for the next 10 years he sucks the teams dry that he goes to he, he makes them trade all their capital all their draft picks just to get players in for one to two years so he can play with them and it's not guaranteed now with the warriors and the and the rockets that he's going to win a championship uh brad stevens sets you up for success uh, he's made Tatum into Jalen Brown and Jalen Brown into, you know, really good players, potential superstars, very quickly, faster than anybody thought. You know, you want a guy who's going to come in here for six years and really help your team gain talent, not just gain talent, but make talent. And LeBron just kind of, he's going to suck your team dry. And you may have three good years of going far in the playoffs, maybe reaching the finals once or twice, but he's after he leaves. I mean, by the numbers, say after he leaves. So after, yeah, but you're not gonna win every single. It's not guaranteed. And so, but Stevens hasn't won anything. Yeah, but I think when LeBron leaves, Cavs are going. As you know, Cavs are gonna suck for the next ten yeah. years. And like, cause, cause LeBron has sucked. But you know, dry. they did get a finals. You know, they did get a championship. Yeah, but I mean, that's um, also with Kyrie Irving though. If you're starting a team, I think I'd rather have. Well, this team. all depends on what team you're getting. You're, I just you're, you're starting a team, expansion team. Expansion team. Yeah. I would still take this superstar. I don't know about that. But uh, that's it for question and answer. Except we do have one thing. Steven Handy texted us last night. He wanted to get Truman Karczewski to try and pronounce Vita Vey's full name. I got it right here. We'll see if he can do it. Um, we're really bad with names, so we want to see if he can do this. Tavita Tuluk Kanano Tuluputulu Mosei Vahe Vaheko Valeti do Vita Vey. Alright. <laughs> there you go, Steven. I don't know if that's even close or not, but uh probably as close as any of us could get. So that's it for question and answer. Uh we're gonna turn to Taylor now. She's gonna help us uh kinda answer some of these questions we have for her. Oh, God. Uh so tell us about your background in sports. Okay, um well I've played just about every little little league sport like when I was little I played soccer track uh, softball I tried basketball it didn't work um but growing up with these two we've always played backyard sports football basketball baseball anything you can think of in our neighborhood so we've always had fun tell us about your favorite teams 
Um, favorite team, top favorite team is the Packers, obviously. That's probably, like, my most passionate team. College? (laughs) College? Okay, college, baseball, basketball. I go, I split between these two because I don't want to, like, get in the middle of their little rivalries that they play. So I do, I have both for each of them. So I, I like Ohio State, I like Wisconsin, I like... Milwaukee Bucks for basketball. I like the Cavaliers for uh, basketball, but thunder. Travis doesn't really have. Ah, uh, Thunder, basketball. yes, Thunder. The thunder. Okay, I like the Thunder. Whatever. Oh yeah, there and you go then, right there. <laughs> baseball, I like the Brewers and the Indians. I would say baseball is my second favorite sport, so I like those teams. Um. So, who is your favorite athlete of all time? Um. Probably right now, Aaron Rodgers. All time. Of all time. Um. Brett Favre. Okay, that's a good choice. What's your favorite sports memory of all time? Um, probably when the Packers won the Super Bowl in 2010. Um, we were out in Wisconsin with our family. It yeah. was so much fun. There was four feet of snow on the ground. Once they won, everybody went out and jumped into the snow. It was it was just a good time. We had we had our whole family from Milwaukee out there, so it was a good time. Yeah, I'd say that's all of our favorites. Yep, easily. Um, so that's it for our show today. We want to thank you to our sponsors, Dee's Home Cuts and A's Lawn Service. Go on iTunes, give us five stars, rate and review us, and subscribe. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at TNT Sports Talks 12. Listen to us on 12 Ounce tomorrow from 12 to 1 uh, Eastern. You can follow us. You can find us also on the Grueling Truth, uh, their website. It's a pretty nice site. You know, up and coming. Both two up and coming sports talk places that you can really um, find us on and learn a lot more about sports. I want to thank you to Taylor for coming on today. My pleasure. Um, <laughs> to have a great day. Tune in on Tuesday. Uh, we don't know who the guest is going to be. we got a lot of kids coming back from college right now that are trying to get on. So keep updated on the Twitter. We'll keep you updated as to who that's going to be. But, but we will have somebody on for Tuesday. But other than that, have a great day and tune in on Tuesday. Thank you. Go Packers.